0: we learned so much that second summer that we were able to double in size again the next year while fixing all of those issues
1: welcome back to the entrepreneurs studio podcast this is season three episode two i'm your host chris allen and today we are speaking with co-founder of the peach truck steven rose steven and his wife jessica started the peach truck in 2012 as a local business selling peaches From the truck bed of their 1964 jeep gladiator today the peach truck has over 60 plus booths across nashville hosts 25 state tours and ships their products nationwide in our conversation steven talks with me about the impact of rapid growth the challenges of distribution and what it takes to scale a business while preserving the original freshness that set them apart from conventional distribution methods thank you for listening this is the entrepreneur's studio podcast helping you build a remarkable business and make everyday work better. I just want to welcome Stephen Rose to the Entrepreneur Studio. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I was thinking, I was like, today we're going to talk about peaches. And then I was like, no, no, we're going to talk about a seasonal business that has to be ridiculously good at distribution and scaled in a pretty meaningful way. Yeah, that's the story right <laughs> that's there. That's the story. That's the story. Well, you grew up in Georgia uh, where you had access to fresh peaches everywhere, but then you moved to Asheville and found there were. Kind of no peaches or no fresh ones. So talk to me about this experience that led to
0: the inception of the peach truck. Totally. So it was 2010. I moved to Nashville for you know a corporate sales job. It was you know second job out of college. Okay. And, and my then girlfriend uh, lived in Seattle uh, where she grew up, Jessica and said, I'll try out Nashville. I'll move across the country. This dating thing's going wow. all right. And, yeah. and so she came out and, and I had kind of sold her, you know, summers in the South. They're a little miserable. She, uh, you know, she's used to the mild weather yeah. up in the Northwest, but, um, but we do have peaches, you know, they're going to be great. You're going to love it. And honestly, you know, farmers markets, grocery stores, I couldn't find any peach that tasted anything like what I grew up with in Fort Valley, Georgia. And In Fort Valley, Georgia is where all Georgia peaches are grown. It's literally called Peach County. Okay. And so I lived in this little town, and our close family friends happen to be fifth-generation peach growers. And so, you know, summers looked like going to the peach packing sheds. It was kind of Peach Disneyland. You watch all these (laughs) peaches run by. You grab a couple. You eat them. and, And there's nothing better than a fresh peach right off the tree. And so it was on a trip down to my hometown before we got married. I wanted to show Jessica, you know, this is where I grew up and we were asking them, why can't we find a good peach in Nashville? And they're like distribution, you know. We pick the perfect peach, but then the grocery store sends it through their channels and it takes a couple weeks before the end consumer gets it. And most fruits and vegetables are just fine like that, but peaches need to be handled with care. They need to be eaten and enjoyed within a couple of days. And no one's gonna do that. And so it was kind of our light bulb moment where we were we knew nothing, but we were like, surely we could bring them to Nashville and yeah. sell them on the side of the road, you know? And and truly that's what we were. We were like a little roadside stand in front of this really cool denim store in Nashville called I'm a Willie. Um, they let us park out front. And what we did from the beginning was brand it. We were like, we gotta make this cute, we gotta make it stand out. And We got the brown paper bags, we were hand-stamping them with the peach truck logo that my buddy had drawn for us, and we used Twitter at the time, that was the thing, you know, Instagram really wasn't what it is today, and so we were tweeting out like, hey, we've got fresh peaches, we'll be here, and people loved them, and so we, we did it on a Saturday, sold out, and we're like, all right, let's do it again next Saturday. We both still had full-time jobs, but those same people came back and brought friends. And, you know, week after week, that first summer in 2012, we sold more and more peaches each week to where we'd sold 20,000 pounds of peaches by the end of the summer. And that sounds like a lot, and it is, but it it was just enough to where we were like, can we do this? You know, like, can we quit our jobs and sell peaches? And... It was after that first summer we decided, like, neither of us love our jobs. Let's see what we can make out of this. And, and we both left our jobs and went all in on the peach truck. Oh, that's incredible. So
1: are you, you know, this is happening, you know, the first weekend. You're literally driving a truck down to Fort Valley, Georgia. You're packing it up and driving it right back to Nashville. And that's,
0: what, set seven hours? So actually we would get people down at the farm. They'd ask people who were, go driving North. Like anybody want to stop in Nashville? We'll pay you a little (laughs) bit. So we didn't have to drive down, but we would drive to random. I remember my wife, like in a random, you know, Walmart parking lot, meeting up with some guy who had 30 boxes of peaches for us, that kind of thing. You know, it it was very, it was very gritty entrepreneurial. Like Mm -hmm. let's figure this thing out. I was sitting in my cubicle at work. She had a little more flexibility with, with her job. And so she was the one running around, <laughs> meeting up with strange people to pick she, up she our pizza. She getting the merchandise. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. right. All right. Well, whose idea was the branding? You know, the branding, it really happened together. And, you know, I've worked with my spouse, you know, for what, 12 years now. And a lot of people, how do you do that? And it's really a gift because our minds work together so well that she really overall has stayed in her lane, which is more operations and logistics. And I've stayed in my lane, which is the advertising and growth plans and, you know, yeah. overall sales of the business. But when it comes to the brand, we've really worked together. She she has a great eye for kind of the look tone. She knew exactly the way our booth needed to look and exactly the way the bag needed to feel in our hands. And you know, we argue over who came up with the name. It's not that creative. We're <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it, but I mean, it's pretty a pretty direct. cool truck. Uh, but uh, yeah, the truck story is a good one as well. You know, I had traded a really crappy car, a 95 Ford Thunderbird, <laughs> straight up for the truck uh, to a guy who needed a family car. And it, we had no uh, idea for the company at the time. But we made the trade. I was driving that down to work every day. And then we're like, oh, my gosh, we have a truck. We We have the truck. We have the peach truck. So anyways. I love it. Yeah. But we've always kind of come together in agreement as as far as what the customer needs to feel when they interact with us. Mm -hmm. This is all about summer joy. We are bringing a very simple pleasure of the perfect peach at the perfect time. But the overall feeling of when you interact with the peach truck has to be so right. And and that's where we've really, you know, put our mark on the peach industry as a whole. I love it. So I grew up in Cobb County, Georgia. Oh, did you? And
1: you were in Peach
0: County. It's yeah. amazing.
1: Uh, very different environments, I'd say. Uh, Atlanta is definitely a different city now than when I grew up there. But the thing that I think is really interesting is you used peaches, to lure <laughs> somebody from Seattle, it was my sales that, pitch. I know like, you actually used the peaches, and it worked. It worked. Yeah, like that actually happened. You were like, okay. First of all, summers may be hot, but peaches save you.
0: It's it's a true story, and it, you know it. <laughs> it's it's become a folklore of like I couldn't find a peach anywhere in Nashville, and you know, and then we. But it but it's a true story. You know, it's 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 how it all happened. And gosh, what a gift to look back at, at what this fruit, the queen of fruit, the peach, has, you know, turned our lives into. So I love it. So what was the first year, like you decided to leave your jobs, what was, the, what was kind of the first year like? It was tough. So first year happens. We go a whole off season. We're like, are we going to do this? And February 1, I quit my job. She quits her job. We decide we're going to go for this thing. And we made every mistake in the book. You know, I mean, it was like I had big ambitions. Jess had a vision for how things need to operate. And in that first year was probably the biggest struggle where my vision of this needs to be big and her vision of we need to operate with excellence were really clashing. Mm -hmm. We did go big. And... We made almost no money, (laughs) but we sold a lot of peaches because peaches, once they're picked, are like a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to focus on projections and getting, you know, everything perfect with the cold chain and all of that. I just wanted to make sure we never ran out of peaches. And in that second summer, we, we definitely lost a lot of peaches that we had brought up because we weren't tight on our inventory and tight on projections and and all that. But what I will say is we never made that mistake again. So we, I mean, 20X the business in our second year as far as sales are concerned. And we learned some really good lessons about how tight we need to be when it comes to distribution and supply chain. But we never made that mistake again after that second year. Mm-hmm. Going all the way back, we started this business for freedom. Freedom was like at the core of why are we doing this? What do we want to do? We we were young. We didn't have kids. We said, let's sacrifice our summers, but then we're going to get the fall and the yeah, winter yeah. to do anything we want. Yeah. And so after that second year, we... We could have made a lot more money if we were tighter on our inventory, but we made enough money to where we left our we left our home in Nashville and traveled the world for five months together. It was like, hey, we'll sacrifice summer when everybody's having fun and work really, really hard. But then we're going to get this reward of, you know, taking that flight to Thailand and India and. Israel and Jordan and circling the globe Taking together. it to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Take it. Yeah, exactly. And, and freedom's really been at the core of why we do this since the very beginning. But getting that reward after that second summer when we were like, 13 weeks doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're seven days a week in that hot southern sun hustling every day, smiling to every yeah. customer, it's really uh, a wrenching job at the end of the day to to be the face and to, to really provide that summer joy to people. But we learned so much that second summer that we were able to double in size again the next year mm-hmm. while fixing all of those issues. And so that's what makes me really proud is we're not afraid to make mistakes, but we don't usually make them twice. Yeah.
1: Well, as a seasonal business, that your vision was to go big and that required some scale. So, you know, in that, let's talk about the second year then. It's probably more than the truck outside of a the denim store, right? Talk to me about, you know, your selling outlets, right? And how you had to build maybe some relationships, right? Cause in my mind, there's a value chain. There's, you know, you gotta actually have the growers, right? And then you gotta get it up to where you're actually gonna go sell. And there's people all along the way and businesses all along the way. And um, then you got employees and things like that. So talk about how you just let's start from like maybe the selling outlets and let's work our way back to like all the way down to the growers and how you how you had to sort of reshape
0: the business as you grew. Totally. So that second year, we started the three main channels we still have today. So in Nashville, farmers markets, roadside stands, we still do that to this day brown paper bags of peaches or, you know, a big box of peaches, but we're all over the city to where, you know, people see the, the peach truck signs come out in mid-May and they're like, oh my gosh, summer's here. You know, we really kind of usher summer into existence in Nashville. Wow. Also that same year we began shipping nationwide. You know, you can order peaches on our website and we'll ship them to your house, no matter where you are in the country. And the third part of the business that really became the biggest part of the company pretty quickly was what we called at the time the tour. And the tour was, all right, if we can't get good peaches in Nashville, what about the small towns outside of Nashville? What about, you know, they're definitely not getting access to anything like this. So we would go to small towns. At the time, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. So we're pulling a newspaper ad in every town we were going to saying, we'll be in this parking lot uh, on this date and time, and people would show up. And not a lot at first. I mean, you know, 10 people in this town, 15 in this town. Oh, my gosh, 80 people showed up in Columbia, Tennessee. That was insane, you know. And um, I'd literally pick up a U-Haul on a Friday. We'd load the back of the U-Haul up and – drive to wherever our scheduled destination was, sell the peaches and then, you know, go to the next town. And so that opened our minds to like possible scale. Yeah. And you look at the map and you go, okay, we're here in Tennessee and there's not a lot of population outside of Nashville, but Kentucky has some cities. Oh man, if you keep going North, Ohio has a lot of towns of fifty thousand people or more, you you travel ten miles down the road. There's another population center, and so we after we learned enough in that first year. Again, we didn't know about refrigerated trucks, you know. So it's like these peaches, we missed projections, and they're going bad in the back of the truck. Oh, there's trucks that are refrigerated that would keep them cold. That would be nice, it's you like know. Not the U-Haul, <laughs> not the U-Haul, yeah, yeah, not the U-Haul. And so you know. Learning all those lessons the hard way, but uh, learning enough of like, okay, we've gotta we've gotta get to these people, and if we can get to them, they're gonna react because they can't get this product any other way, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's been a really cool journey to like bring what people remember it's like every customer has a memory of when they were a kid on the back of their grandpa's truck, having a peach that blew their minds and they've been literally seeking that out. I mean, it's the cra- I've heard this story thousands of times and they've been seeking it ever since. And I can't believe it still exists. You know, thank goodness y'all exist. So it's really a wild thing to kind of, attach people to their memories. There's not like a more emotional fruit or food that I've experienced than a, than a peach. Yeah. All right. So
1: you've got the tours. That sounds really interesting. Talk to me about like who drove these trucks when it wasn't
0: just you. I mean, I had my CDL. I (laughs) would, you know, I'm, I'm driving the trucks, uh, you know, um, a guy worked with us at the time. He got his CDL and would drive the trucks. And you know, we we had to figure it out because we couldn't afford to pay. You know, we we ran at the speed of cash. I yeah. mean, we weren't like funded or had any real capital at all. It yeah, was you're like bootstrapped. absolutely mm-hmm. from day one. And so yeah, if we need a truck driver, that's going to be one of us. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you know it's professional truck drivers with semis and they're wrapped and it's a whole thing but at that time it was the people on our team and everyone agreed to come on kind of commission-based because we couldn't commit salaries to people so it was like hey we'll share the profit as we go but i can't promise you anything you know and so that turned into really lucrative jobs for a lot of people because it really took off but it was it was a bet we were all making together that i really think this could work and you know we'll all be in on it together so well i heard you had like specific types of drivers cuz you know
1: there's these tour managers in nashville that are doing music tours and then they're off and
0: you're like hey oh by the way you want to do another type of tour totally yeah we've done that for the last several years to where it was like hey you've been on these country music tours but you know we'd love to to bring you into this world and they really manage the logistics of where we're going and how we're getting in and out more than okay. more than driving oh, the trucks themselves. Okay, right. But yeah, that really helped us change the way we load in and load out. And yeah, there's certain yeah, ways yeah. to do this. And that's so awesome. Yeah, it's it's been really cool. Well, you know, one of your channels being the tour, but another one
1: being e-commerce, you've talked about ads a little bit. Let's talk about marketing. Yeah. So what was sort of like the evolution of your e-commerce business? Talk about, I mean, do you, were you guys
0: doing organic search and, you know, different types of things or is it pretty much just paid ads? So it's kind of funny. Organic search never has been a big part because most people aren't thinking to search for fresh peaches. You know what I mean? It's like not a highly searched term, but I knew that that's, that was the magic of Facebook and Instagram, which was interest-based ads. And it's like, this is the type of person who would like this, even though they don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it was 2013 was our second year. I think it was 2014 that Facebook ads were kind of coming online and I decided to split my budget half still with trusty old newspaper ads and half to Facebook. And we saw an immediate like, Whoa, like, first stop, we projected, say, 100 boxes sold, and there was 250, right? It was like, oh, my goodness, we need, A, more people to help sell the peaches immediately, because we had a single person on the yeah, road, then yeah. that's not going to work. But B, I need to put more fuel on this fire if I can. You know, we, we had built a thing for a certain size, and all of a sudden, overnight, it seemed like it was a lot bigger. And so I was able to iterate pretty live, like okay, the re, you know we ask every how'd you hear about us, how did you hear about us? Yeah, it's all it's all Facebook. Yeah, and so we need to put more fuel on that fire. And so you uh, were you were running
1: ads to get people to just come physically to come PG. out. Okay, so it wasn't e commerce yet. Okay, not wow. until
0: twenty twenty was wow. the, yeah. And you know that that's a story in and of itself. But it was literally, yeah, we're running like. I mean, it's not Taylor Swift Eras tour size, but we were running an arena-sized tour, when you think of all the people, yeah. at point of sale. You know, like swiping their cards in line, kind of guessing how many people... And we were really good at guessing, thank goodness. we're yeah. You know, we had historical data, and, you know, last year it did this much, I bet it'll grow 20% or whatever. And sometimes a stop would pop, and we don't know why, or mm-hmm. sometimes it'd be down, and we don't know. Oh, last year... Remember that variety? That variety wasn't good. I bet that's why they're not back this year. You know, all this stuff. And all along, it, it, another part of the um, in-person experience was how do I get their information? We literally had a clipboard with an email sign-up that we'd hand down the line, and and then at night uh, our team would type those emails into you know our our email system at the time to. To get them on our email list, and you'd
1: say that individual email came from this that location. stop,
0: yeah, yeah. But you know, these are these are college kids. I bet fifteen to twenty percent of them were typos. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so th- that breaks my heart to this day. Of <laughs> then you're you know, like, I'm, getting, I'm sending down a, uh, an
1: iPad with the uh, validation
0: of the email. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So. Facebook and Instagram were the were the drivers of growth of this business for I mean to this day but like gosh those golden years of 15, 16, 17 all the way up to 2020 if I could rewind and you know figure out how to Spend ten times as much. I mean, I would of course. I mean, how much can you geek out on? Because uh, I'll geek out with you right now
1: on yeah. like CPM. Yeah. And like you know, I love it. Cost per click and I love Seriously, it. like talk to me about like the evolution yes. of the CPM. You know what I mean? Like how how much did it cost to get a thousand
0: impressions? I can't remember right now. I
1: mean, I, was I just it like remember five
0: dollars to get a thousand impressions back yeah, then. Yeah, it was like nothing. It was, it was like free. Yeah. It was like, we'll pay you. <laughs> I mean. I, even, you know, Facebook put me on this small business council that, you know, and they'd fly us out to like, learn how our business was using, you know, the platform. It, it was a really cool experience, you know, and, um, how'd they t- find you? Like, they just, like, I guess they just s- called you up. And yeah, did, yeah. Yeah. They called us up and, you know, they, they loved the story, right? They loved this seasonal business selling peaches being able to scale their business with their platform, I mean, it, it really, and they probably saw surges totally yeah. in the summertime, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, here we go, it's go time. But uh, I can't, I can't describe. You know, I'd be sitting at my kitchen table because we didn't have an office, running these ads. The adrenaline running through my body, waiting to hear how the first stop did. Oh, good, it's working. And they, you know, like yeah. it was, it was such a. Crazy, exciting time! Those early days of coming up with something in my mind and being able to execute it immediately, and I think that the entrepreneurial spirit early, like when when I think of those early days, I it's just so fond. We didn't build a strategy and test and test. We I came up with an idea in my head and executed. And it, it, it was a problem. I remember our customer service team member calling me like, did you send out a free shipping email? And I'm like, oh yeah, I, sorry, I didn't, you know, I would do this kind of thing all the time. Like they, they hated me because I'd come up with an idea. Like, not oh, that's anybody
1: about it. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't <laughs> think to tell anyone who needs to know about this, trying you to know, get people to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to no, more revenue. ever done that <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, but those early days of like coming up with an idea and executing immediately was just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. That's uh, getting instant responses like that. That's pretty cool. So what was your process running
1: up to like getting people to show up? Like, cause this is a big deal. You're, you're getting, you are there for a moment in time and you're trying to get people to show up. They haven't paid for anything Mm-mm. you're going to try to get them to show up and pay so how far out did you start running ads you know what i mean what would be your
0: guess <sighs> i'm going to say 10 days out it was 10 days out okay. and, and there was no like brand awareness ads before that or uh-huh. let's warm up the you know marketer uh, we have an amazing vp of marketing who you know looks at me like i'm crazy because you know she's like well you got a Build the brand in a new market, and and you do. And she's correct. Early on, those ads were so, and no one no one knew in those early days like that they were looking at an ad. Yeah. You know, it was just like we weren't conditioned like we are to be. Skeptical but those are the ones of, that still work so well as it feels know, like just a post. Totally. Yeah. But it was like ten days out. Let's run you know conversion ads and get people out. And and it was the first time any of them had heard we exist. You know, let's put a thousand bucks per stop, you know, just come up with some arbitrary number of like, let's spend this much per stop and see how it does. And it just worked. So were you running like a, you know, return
1: on marketing investment or something like that? Or how, how are you sort of measuring? Like it worked? Yeah,
0: that's a good question. And were you in spreadsheet land or were you in like, you know, Google data studio? No, so no, no, (laughs) I was in spreadsheet. I was on Google drive (laughs) and this is what's crazy. Like we, we had no CFO. It's me running the books. I, I remember it'd be like mid-July and Jess would be like, so how are we looking? How are we looking? I'd be like, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I think good. I hope there's money left to the, you know, like, because we were not organized. But it was a lot of gut and a lot of like, okay, I spent a 1000 and that stop did X amount. That That's good. I think there's enough room in there to make some profit. And, ooh, that one didn't work, but, but the other one worked really good. I w- I was like running a lot off gut and, okay. and I, like, that's another thing that would be nice to go back and be like, Hey, I could have had real information and data and we could have moved to e-com a lot earlier and spent that money to do that. But it felt risky at the time. You know, there's so many, you know, I think ways we can look back to ways we could have done it better, but it worked. Yeah. And so we kept doing it. You know what I mean? But no, I'd run a spreadsheet of like how much I spent on that stop, but I had no real data of like, that's making money. That's not, or spend 10 times more in that market. There's a lot of ways we ran not smart and it totally worked out. And I, and I think that's totally fine. I mean, I would love to be able to look back at like, gosh, we were so smart here, here and here, but I will say we were smart. We didn't know why we were. Oh, that's great. You know what I mean? It would be nice to have known why we were smart and put more gas on that idea, mm-hmm. you know, but here we are. So yeah,
1: you're just trying to drive some results and and try some stuff out. So talk to me about, you know, there's probably different evolutions of this, but you know, we've talked about technology and you, you said the word point of sale and things like that. So are you taking credit cards at this point? Like before e-commerce, I know you take yeah. credit cards on e-commerce, but like was it all cash for a while? And then you decide we got to take credit cards. And then did you go to point of sale, like a point of sale system? Or what, what was sort of
0: like your... We always accepted credit cards. Okay. And beginning also in 2020, we went hundred percent cashless, but I don't carry cash. Yeah, And, you know, it's a big part of farmer's market culture that it's very cash heavy, but that's a lot of cash in a lot of locations when you're talking about transacting at multiple farmers markets. And I remember Memorial Day weekend every year was my least favorite weekend because it was a big weekend of sales and I'd be sitting with way too much cash in my home, you know, and Monday banks are closed because it's Memorial Day weekend. So it's an extra day where I can't deposit that money. And I just remember like never sleeping well those nights because i have all this money in our house and i don't like that Mm -hmm. but really i think as we've moved to a more cashless society being kind of ahead of the curve in allowing people to use their card to make purchases with us has enabled you know i don't know if it uh, enabled a higher ticket size or maybe people bought that extra box because oh i'll pay cash for this one and hard for that one, but we always had point of sale from the very beginning, a uh, point of sale system from the very beginning. Okay.
1: And then are you, how are you sort of running, you know, inventory you bought? So you're, are you issuing purchase orders or do you own the land?
0: No. Yeah. Issue a purchase order. Okay. So you're issuing. are you running on QuickBooks, mm-hmm. issuing purchase mm-hmm. orders,
1: you're receiving them yep. and then you're figuring out what outlets to go. So what was the transition to go from like getting everything in QuickBooks and ordering everything, and then getting it in point of sale systems, and then getting it to come back to reconcile
0: to see, hey, how does our P and L look? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> it was very fluid. It was not clean at all. It okay. wasn't like, okay, allocate that purchase order. Again, I'm I'm sitting at my desk, and, and I didn't go to business school. Yeah, I'm sitting at my desk, running all the marketing, running the books. Yeah. Trying to reconcile it at the end of the day. I love that the marketing guys run finance. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, and there was no one else to do it, so
1: <laughs> here it's, I it's go. Good, though.
0: Yeah, it was sloppy, but again, the it always worked at the end of the year. There was yeah, yeah. there was a black number at the bottom of the QuickBooks at the end of the year, so I wasn't too concerned with it. You know, we would get inventory counts at the end of each tour stop. Okay, we're sitting on this, and that regional cold storage has this many boxes and. We were always kind of running, and I'll tell you what—the numbers never worked. They never, you know. Yeah, yeah, they never. (laughs) We should have this much cash, but we don't. So where is it? You know, they—they never. But those are two
1: scary things. With you, you have inventory you've paid for that you're sending out to people that you have on sort of commission-based selling. Yeah. And you're taking cash at certain points. So there's two things that can disappear that are your resources. No it's doubt. the cash that's yep. paid and the inventory you bought. Yep. Oh. So like, did that keep you up at night ever thinking? I, I don't necessarily know what to... I know that inventory, you know, disappearing is called shrinkage. Yep. I, you know, cash, I just would call that theft. I don't know, but right, like, right. you know, or just, you know, miscalculated, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, things and people typing stuff in or taking cash or doing favors for people and things like that. How much do you think... And in maybe inventory shrinkage and then maybe revenue. Do you think that kind of disappeared?
0: I think it's a mindset thing that I just have in me that sad for you if you're stealing from me. Yeah. And, you know, it'll come back to me someday. I'm not gonna, like, if you, I treat you so well. And if you're gonna take a couple hundred bucks or a thousand, I don't know. All of a sudden the numbers worked perfectly when we went straight cashless. So I don't know. But I lost no sleep because <laughs> say that again. <laughs> the numbers worked perfectly when we went cashless. I mean they they added up perfectly and they never did before that. And I'm not going to live my life chasing down people or accusing people. I I just like that's not good for me. Yeah. And so I I didn't lose any sleep because at the end of the day, that's on them and and the numbers, there, there was enough. And so I wasn't going to like, I would have been pulling my hair out every day if I was going to really chase that down. And so I decided not to.
1: So was there ever a moment where you and your wife have boatloads of cash in your house and you're doing the numbers and you're like, this doesn't add up? It was every day though. It, <laughs>
0: It never added up.
1: (laughs) But was there ever this sort of like moment
0: where y'all were like, this is weird? Yeah. And we'd talk to people, especially if it was way off, you know, there there was always a few dollars per box off. But then there were some times where it's like, this isn't possible. And so we'd talk to people and, you know, then we'll count better next time, you know, that kind of thing. And you're like, okay. But we'd have conversations. But again, you know, our spirit was like we're not gonna like ever figure this out unless we're on the ground and we're not gonna do that and so this is just kind of what we have to deal with
1: so i mean you know there's kind of two jobs right and then you had to sort of expand because you got in order to go to what how many were you at like 60 selling locations in e-commerce like at the pe- at the peak like what was the total
0: number of selling locations oh man you had? i mean like six hundred and i mean oh my gosh. last year last year we had a tour plan 600 selling locations yeah last year we had our tour we had to pull way back because of uh of the crop but we had a 950 stop tour scheduled plan oh ready to go gosh. on uh, across 30 plus states and yeah so i mean it's it's a it's a monster
1: that's incredible I mean, that, number one, that is a ridiculous amount of coordination to, have to do 900 stops yeah. across 30 states. And
0: you guys are—and this is—are you buying from one, you know, one grower? So, gosh, it was probably 2015 we had worked with, with one grower, and they said, hey, we're going to lose a crop, and we're not going to be able to supply you guys. So you need to start working with our neighbors here in Georgia. And so— That year we began working with, you know, there's kind of four main peach growers in Georgia at this point. And so we began working with all of them just to kind of like make sure that we had enough. And then a couple years later, we jumped the border over into South Carolina as well because they actually grow twice as many peaches as Georgia. Wow! And there's some great growers over there You know, we have we have these standards of, you know, the way the peaches are grown, the way they're picked and handled. And then most importantly, the way they are picked, packed and shipped the same day to make sure that our customers are getting the very best peach possible. You know, there's nothing more magic than being in Cleveland, Ohio, opening the back of a semi truck and there's peaches that were picked two days ago on it. You yeah. know, it, you can't get that any other way. Yeah. And so and are
1: they using your boxes at that point?
0: We, yeah, uh, probably, gosh, what year was that? I, I think it was about 2015 we began packing in, in our orange peach truck box. Yeah. yeah, which, yeah.
1: Cause I mean, that's the deal is like, you're, you got these different varieties showing up and right. the, you know, the growers, you know, boxes. And then you're, if it's all about the brand, right. right you're showing up with, they're, they're packing inside your boxes. And, and
0: wrapping the trucks. And yeah, so yeah. we are really focusing right now on making that kind of retail experience at the stops just so excellent. Mm-hmm. And that That's like our main focus going into, you know, 23 is like, how do we make this feel so celebratory every single stop? Mm-hmm. And so anyways, yeah, it's Man. it's fun. Okay, so where I was headed a
1: couple minutes ago was about picking people. And you've got like, you know, your core leadership team. At what moment, you know, let's just say in the past few years, what at what moment were you like, our value system is this, and here's how we're going to screen people
0: that are going to have certain roles in our company? That has been a journey that... It's been a tough journey because when you experience quick growth in a company, you know, early on you need a human body that's willing to work. Yeah. And for commission. <laughs> for commission. <laughs> and then quickly, though, you realize, okay, there's a skill set needed here that isn't matching up. And making those tough decisions to, you know, have to say bye to, great people have been on the team that don't have this skill set to be in a company this size, say. So if I can talk about 2020 real quick, you know, yeah. we had just hired, we had like doubled our size, uh, company because 19 was a great year. We're going to really go big on ads in 2020, expand our footprint we, we need to hire a lot of people to get ready for 2020. And literally we took all our new team members down to Fort Valley to show them the farms at an awesome, this is early March of 2020. And, uh, we're in a like 15 passenger van heading back to Nashville. And, you know, someone's phone dings, like the NBA season's canceled. And then someone else, Tom Hanks has COVID You know, and I'm driving and I'm like, I literally come down with like a fever and sweat. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, do I have it? You know, like it it was those early days of like, what is going on? Well, immediately we just say, hey, everybody work from home, you know, all of that. And, you know, as, as more and more shutdowns were coming, Jessica and I were literally sitting in our room. We had just hired all these people and it's like, what are we going to do? Like, I don't think we can, we just kept envisioning a helicopter flying over our tour stops because it's like hundreds of people like covering the super spreader event that the peach truck's doing. You know, like we are so screwed. This, this is really not good. So are you the visionary and she's the realist? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. And In our room, you know, while we're just, like, every day, like, pounding our head against the wall, what are we going to do? Pre-sales comes to mind. Well, it's pre-sales. This this sounds so silly right now because we're like, why didn't we do this, you know, five years before? But if we pre-sell the peaches, we were worried about handing credit cards back and forth. We didn't know anything about it yet. We were worried about team members interacting with people. If they pre-order their peaches on our website – then we can scan their QR code from a distance with our phones, put the peaches on a table, step away, they can get it, and we'll be able to move the line a lot quicker. Wow. And so we found a developer in six weeks, spent so much money on, you know, building a pre-order platform on our website that would enable people to pre-order their peaches, come to the stop and pick them up. And that, transformed our business. Yeah. Whether it's the data of who's buying what, knowing exactly how many customers are going to show up at every stop and bringing that many peaches, being able to move lines quickly because we're not selling the line, we're just delivering. The whole thing transformed and literally doubled our company size that year. And that it was magic. But again, we had just hired a lot of people. All of a sudden- were double the size and we were having this extreme stress of like, I feel like the train is going to fall off the tracks and it doesn't seem like everybody else seems to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And so it was another transition period of like, Jess and I don't feel like we are the right people to run this, but we happen to own it. And we recognize that things are gonna get really rough if we continue to grow, and so you know that was another period of like we have to find the right people to run this thing and we and we've been through a lot of making mistakes with that, thinking like this will be the silver bullet, and it's not and making you know it that that'd be the one part that I talked to Jess about a lot that's like. I never f- have figured that out. <laughs> I've never figured out, like, we brought on a president last year who has been an absolute godsend, and he- he's come in and he looks at the way we've organized the company. Now, why did you do this? And we're like, I- it's just what we need to do. I don't know. If it needs to be different, Be you know, go for it. We trust you. You know, he's been an absolute godsend as far as, like, oh, this is how to run a company this size. And we never knew. And and so That's it's messy. been really fun for us to be able to cast vision, make sure we're staying on brand, make sure that you know the company's core values are being lived out and then have this partner to really execute the day-to-day relentless nature of business and make sure that like, the vision can actually come to pass with the right people. That's amazing.
1: Well, what was kind of your the pinnacle moment? Was it when Jenny Britton shows up to do an <laughs> ice cream collab with you guys?
0: That was absolutely thrilling. So it was only our second year. I had a friend who worked at Jenny's in Columbus. He actually works for us now. And I was up visiting him, and he introduced me to the CEO at the time. We just talked about what we were doing, and... And then I think it was like two weeks later, Jenny happened to be in town in Nashville. And my wife and I went out to dinner with her and, you know, we didn't talk business at all yeah. or anything, but we just had an amazing dinner connecting with her on what she's doing at Jenny's and what we were doing at the peach truck. And and then the next morning that, that CEO called and was like, hey, let's uh, – let's do a flavor together, you know? So it's uh, ever since then, they've, they've made this incredible peach flavored ice cream with our peaches, you know, and put our logo on the pints and all that. So it's a really fun partnership to be able to have such an iconic ice cream brand, you know, using our product. That is is so cool. Yeah.
1: When I got to sit down and talk with her, I was like, she's something else, man. She is awesome.
0: There's such whimsy, but so like, so creative. And, And another great example of, She gets to be her creative genius Mm -hmm. and and let other people run the business. Yeah. You know, and I mean not as she's an amazing business person in and of herself, but having kind of that partnership that that she's always figured out has been really inspiring to me. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well what was the thing where the notoriety that you got, what was the most attention that you've ever gotten?
0: Like biggest press? Yeah, biggest
1: press or like, you know, a celebrity or you know, some some sort of thing where you're just like, okay.
0: Like is it Chip and Joanna Gaines? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, Chip and Joanna are awesome, and (laughs) they've been they've been really nice to us. I remember the first day of a peach season, seeing a Tesla pull up, and I had never seen a Tesla before. And Jack White got out. Oh man! And uh, and he's walking towards me, and I'm all nervous, and and you know I start giving him the spiel he's like I I know the spiel man I've been waiting for this day you know like <laughs> it's opening day and I'm like oh my gosh Jack white's been waiting for opening day you know um, but we we actually wrote a uh, a cookbook in 2018 I think and it hit the uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller list and you know and we got to go on CBS this morning and we had a today show piece and stuff like that which is so cool and fun and yeah. You know, I, I never thought Wall Street Journal bestseller would be on our list, but it is. And so, yeah, it's been it's been really it's been fun to have such a simple idea. Right. That to really resonate with so many people. Mm-hmm. And I, I still think we're just getting started. What would your wife say
1: is her favorite moment of being in this business? That's a good question. We're going to ask her later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's call her right now. Jess is so creative. And getting, I think I think getting to make her mark on like, you know, anytime we're doing content shoots or, you know, designing the way a booth should look or it's like, I just a million percent trust whatever she's putting her hand on when it comes to that stuff is going to be amazing. And it always is and she loves that creative outlet that the business provides and i and i think if she were to be here i think creativity is kind of where she's just getting started you know she she has such big vision of you know what she could do creatively that i think is so fun cuz i don't get it at all i'm you know I'm like, I want to spend a dollar and 10 more come back. How (laughs) do I do that more, you know? So it's really cool to watch her get to scratch that creative itch within the business, you know, especially.
1: I love it. So are you guys doing anything beyond just selling peaches, new products?
0: We are really close on developing a peach-based CPG product that'll go into grocery that will, I think, be really exciting and enable us to interact with our customers all year long right now we're you know a couple months a year three months a year where people can interact with us in a big way and so i'm excited about what's to come with that is right around the corner so
1: yeah well we've talked a lot about scale Have you sold to private equity? Because I heard you guys had had made a move there.
0: Yeah, so we partnered with a firm that's exclusively in the agriculture space Uh that has been an amazing partner. You you know, last year we lost 95% of the crop and like once in a generation thing that would have brought us to our knees as a company and, and probably had to press restart in a lot of ways because what we realized was Jess and I, per- I remember in 2020 going to take a loan against the house and you know, like, how do we keep all this payroll going? I don't know if we're gonna have a company after this. And thankfully it really worked out, but there were plenty of weeks of like, oh my gosh, everything we've built is about to go away. And then 21, you've got the big shift with ads, with with privacy and iOS updates and all that, that changed our ability to target customers with ads. And mm-hmm. so realizing, especially with a fresh product, a fresh product that happens three months a year, we were pushing all our chips to the middle of the table every single year, hoping it worked out. Yeah. And it was time to like, solidify the financial backing of the company to make sure we can still exist 50 years from now, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, we partnered with a firm that happened to own our biggest peach supplier. Okay. And so, so they went from supply to distribution. Yeah. Okay. Well, from both for oh, both, yeah, you know, yeah. vertically integrated. And it's been an amazing partnership to where they understand act you know, they're like, yeah, we lost the crop. We'll get through this. It's okay. You know, if, I think if we had partnered with, any old PE firm things would look different. Mm -hmm. And thankfully they don't because we decided to go with somebody that lives in our world of agriculture and understands the ebbs and flows of that world. And Mm -hmm. so that's been an amazing gift, an amazing partner to help us, you know, fuel our growth and also stabilize the company that we've built. So that's been really, really nice. That's good.
1: Well, you know, it's been great hearing how you and your wife have you know, taking this passion for quality uh, peaches and turned it into a successful business. But I'd love to know, like, if there was, I'm going to say a phrase that would crystallize the lesson in
0: scale that you've learned, what would it be? Wow. I keep telling people, and this this won't be a clean phrase, but, like, it never stops being hard. <laughs> you know, like, business never st- You get newer, better problems, but the, it never there there's no like ah oh, we finally made it it doesn't exist there are new problems around every corner and it is it is relentlessly exhausting to 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 run a business at scale i guess at the top you get to know all the problems and and that is a a gift and it's also a curse because yeah. you're like i'm aware of all the issues here and it's a scary thing to realize, kind of like the tightrope you feel like you're walking on a lot of the times. Last year's a great example. Like, boom, crop, late frost, the, the crop's gone. So, what now? We don't have a product. You know, like we, we were able to scrounge out every bit of the peaches that were picked. But, you know, it, it feels like sometimes you're like, this never gets easy. And, and just being okay with that reality has been a big gift, but, yeah. but yeah, it, it, it never, you gotta love solving problems. You gotta love solving problems and the hardest problems. You know, I read a tweet the other day that was like, don't spend your time solving the B plus problem solve, be willing to go in and bang your head against the wall on the A plus problem every day. Cause that's what'll 10 X your company, you know? if you're you you'll you can have a great business if you're solving the the bb plus problems every day but those a plus ones pre order figuring out how to do that like transform the company yeah so anyways transformation's hard it is hard yeah. it, it it is so hard and bringing and bringing team members along in transformation is really hard yeah that takes a great leader which again the this president west who is on our team is just phenomenal at the steady, you know, day to day transformation of the team to adjust the mindset of the current team and then bring in the right people that will take us to where we want to be. That's good. Yeah. We'll have some rapid fire questions for
1: you. Okay. You ready? I'll do my best. All right. All right. Uh, peach preference, white or yellow? Yellow. Okay. What are the three must
0: haves for a perfect trip? With the peach truck well it needs to be fall because it's hot in summer <laughs> <laughs> and we need some good tunes on the radio maybe culture wall or some some other old school country music and i want jess in the cab and the three kids in the back all right uh if the
1: peach truck could collaborate with any celebrity chef or food personality other than jenny Britton, who would it be I mean, Joanna Gaines, let's go. Yeah, there you go. Have a Magnolia peach (laughs) truck. If you weren't running the peach truck, what would you be doing for a living? I would be coaching baseball. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's got to be rapid fire. I can't ask more about that. (laughs) This is these are the things they coach me The
0: baseball, baseball has all the great <laughs> lessons in life. Yeah. And, and, and talk about relentless daily practice, watching those guys do the fundamentals every day at the highest level. You just realize like everything is fundamentals. Everything yeah. is daily habits. All of life is that way. It's good. Are you more of a risk taker or a meticulous planner when it
1: comes to making business <laughs> decisions? <laughs> he laughs. I think we don't have a risk taker. Yeah, there you go. Share a quick productivity tip that keeps you on top of your game as an entrepreneur.
0: You know, this might sound counterproductive, but my daily fitness habits have made me more productive in all of life. So carving out that hour in the morning to, to go on a run and stretch and, and make sure I'm physically healthy has made me a lot more productive in my business life. I have found the same.
1: Uh, if you had to choose just one, I'm going to say productivity piece of technology
0: that you couldn't live without managing the business, what would it be? I mean, the iPhone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I kept thinking iPhone. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of apps on the iPhone, yeah, yeah, but true. Um, they, I mean, uh, you're like, I'm gonna go go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, this is a different one. What's your favorite vegetable? My favorite vegetable would be broccoli. Okay. Cause I was like, can't ask him what is other fruit? Right. Is no, ask? there is no yeah, other. There is Although no. you know what? The dried mango at Costco, there's an organic dried. I can't get enough of that. Okay. <laughs> well, if you had to describe your partnership with your wife and three
1: words, what would those three words be? Freeing. And
0: transformational.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Who is another entrepreneur that should be on the podcast?
0: Well, he's in the charity space, but Scott Harrison is an oh, amazing. Yeah. Charity Water. Yeah. Yeah. He's an amazing entrepreneur in his own right. He absolutely
1: is. Totally revolutionized giving and, and yeah. all that stuff. The birthdays, all those things. So cool. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, read his book. Well, good. Well, Hey, Stephen, thank you so much for coming. It was awesome to get to know you. One of the things that I've picked up from you is your care for people is a subtext in your life. And I think it's pretty awesome to see what you guys have done with all the collection of people that was so understated in everything that you said. And I, I have to say, it was really awesome to get to know you and to learn more about the peach truck. And I wish your wife could have been here, but thanks for sitting in the chair with me. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur studio podcast. For links to the resources mentioned in today's episode, or for more information on how we can help you run and grow a better business, see the show notes of this episode, or just visit estudio.life. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and find us on Instagram at entrepreneurs.studio and on YouTube at The Entrepreneur's Studio. We'll see you again next time for another inspiring conversation with an entrepreneur who's been in your shoes.